0: Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on September 25th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash Chat, as we continue our discussion over the major players in the battle against the darkness. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who've signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this
1: is your host, Blue Crew 86
2: I promise I haven't run everybody off yet. It's Green. Hi.
1: And somehow they invited me back to Saint's Workshop.
2: Eee. Yes, yes, yes. And we are going down Green's crazy rabbit hole of where everybody's at in this cosmic war and tying up some, some loose ends, lore-wise, before we get to Beyond Light. So... If you will bear with me, I have promised you guys we would dive into Drifter, Eris, and the Nine. And I want to start with Eris. Because Eris is... Eris is one of the linchpins, I think, for the oncoming struggle, considering what we know about the Beyond Light trailer. Not only is she a major player in that, she is also a major player priorly with Marasov, She's also been around a lot of different things with Shadowkeep. She's just... We love Morla. We love hearing Morla. We love Eris. Let's have more creepy, creepy, sarcastic comments between Eris and Drifter, and I think we're going to get more of that, which is awesome. But... Eris works with a lot of different people sometimes works well with them sometimes works reluctantly with them and I think we should start her deal with Seed of Silver Wings and if either Blue or Saint I don't um, Saint would you like to read it do you have Uh, it pulled up yeah let's have you read this card because this card I think got highly overlooked at the beginning of this season
1: Malleable and hungry speak not of what it becomes. Um, Then there's some encoding talk. I'm not going to say that. To our little trio, I wrote out of concern and independently my findings. I sense the tension brimming at the forefront of our correspondence. I feel a need to again impress upon you the gravity of our current standing. I understand the vanguard's position. Contact has been made. I have felt it. I cannot ignore it, nor can I purge it that much you should know it is not a temptation It is not a disease it's an appeal to reason i know you see the worth long have the the develop, delved into these questions where they went i simply walk a parallel road do not abandon me into this there is little time and maybe all we have left now akora to the matter of your inquiry thank you for that by the way that you would not come yourself i will say nothing There's a second tree, obviously, it has grown, and from it the guardian has taken a seed that we intend to use for studying. With the tree's parent felled in the black garden, this may be a rarely given opportunity. I am only now beginning to record its most lightly guarded secrets. It's fluid in nature. No, Asher, not physically. It acts as an engine of integration, incorporating that which it contacts into its structure. It feeds from pericausal energy the light the dark They are vying for dominance within its every particle. I wonder whether we are meant to enact a second unveiling whether this is this is to be a peeling away of an existing nurtured within its bark. One in which we may play out of the paths that are not yet to come, or that are yet to come. There are many answers, but the question remains, by whom was it planted? I hope this message finds you in good health and less pain. I look forward to your thoughts. To the gallant, the mystic, the scribe, may our bond hold strong, ever sworn, Eris Mourn.
2: So, this card really bothered me in a lot of ways. One, because it shows that Osiris, if Osiris was the one to indeed plant the seed at Mara's behest, that he did not tell Eris or Ikora or Asher, which granted, I don't think Osiris has much uh, correspondence with Asher. But... That information is not being shared anymore. So the trio that was initially used for taking King doesn't actually work together very closely anymore. Which is weird that Mara is not using Eris anymore because she used Eris for so long that it makes you wonder why she stopped. Beyond that, there's also the fact that Eris feels that the tree itself is not only the second tree of its kind, which makes you wonder where the first tree was, which she says the tree's parent, which was killed, felled, is, is killed in the Black Garden. And now they're able to study it more closely, which there's that theory that everyone thinks that the tree is creating the traveler, right? Like that's the one of the prevailing thoughts. If that's the case... The Traveler, it doesn't make sense because the Traveler was already on Earth prior to us going to the Black Garden, unless somebody saw somehow the tree in the Black Garden. Like, how how would we even know there was a tree? Because I don't remember a tree. Do you guys remember a I tree? I mean,
1: unless the, the Traveler we have came from a tree we didn't really know about, and the one in the Black Garden was creating something dark, and we stopped it before it created that thing. But that would be a little convoluted to go through, right? But because that also means this traveler was also with the Lixney and all that. I mean, they could change it up and say that that was a different traveler. I guess if they want to go with this theory that the traveler is made by trees, by these trees of silver wings. But if they, if that's how they went, it would have a definitely the traveler definitely couldn't have come from the thing in the Black Garden, could it?
2: Well, here's the other thing that the card mentions. It feeds from paracausal energy, the light, the dark. They are vying for dominance within its every particle. They are fighting. They are fighting within the tree itself, and you can see that with the way that the tree has both kind of that dark architecture on the outside as well as the light architecture. Mm-hmm. And if it's the same process that happened before within the Black Garden, but now it's happening on Io. What if the Black Garden won? The Dark ended up winning then.
1: That's kind of...
2: And that's what created... Well... No, go ahead. Uh,
1: what I was going to say was like, uh, that's kind of what I was saying was the one in the Black Garden, the Dark had won, but we destroyed it before it created whatever it would have created for the Dark. And then there was a different one from before that created the traveler because the light side one. And the traveler has mm-hmm. been traveling, you know, through the elixir, through the the ones that the hive destroyed first, pretty much. You know, it, the, the traveler we have, as far as we know from what the information we have, we're pretty sure it's been around a long time. Oh, but, yeah. So it would make sense that there were, if it was created by a tree of silver wings. It was an old, old tree. And the one in the garden is not connected to it as far as it creating it, I guess. And then the fact that we didn't see anything be birthed from the thing in the black garden, maybe the dark one over in that tree, but we destroyed it before it actually created something.
2: Blue, where are you at on this? I still
0: think it's a reference to the black carpet.
2: Just in general, yes. Just because the Black Garden itself has got all those petals and plants. Well, I mean, and- so
0: like dancing, dancing's talking about this lid in chat. Let me switch back over. Um, <clears throat> he's like, you know, Aldrin. When Aldrin entered the garden, whenever whenever we see NPCs interact with the garden, it's very very floral in language mm-hmm. um, when mm-hmm. you had the cabal that Aldrin encountered with the, uh, they, they were in, they were getting literally infected with seeds. Um, because they're like, he took the cabal, took its helmet off, which, you know, it killed itself. But when it took its helmet off, his entire head was embedded with seeds. Um, you know, right. Aldrin talks about bringing back, I can't remember what it was, but it's basically what Queensfoil is made out of. Um, Asphodelia. Yeah. And then so, but I mean, also, if you look at like the concept of art of the Black Heart, um, it's it's not a tree necessarily, but it is very similar in that structure. It's a very, um, I'd almost say vexified tree in a way. It has the structure Mm -hmm. of a tree. Um, and then also, and I think Black Flag was making a comment. Yeah, there's like the plateau at the at the end of it. If you look at it, it has concentric rings. So technically, you could make an argument if you really want to go down a spin foil path that that is a stump. Um, so I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways you can you can slice and dice it. Um, but I, I really like. You know, assuming that the garden that she's talking about here is the Black Garden, um, Mm -hmm. the only big thing that we destroyed in the Black Garden was the Black Heart, or the heart of whatever. Um, So, I mean, to me, and like, yeah, here, let me see. There's like some really old, uh, I don't know how to best describe this. I'm going to send this over to you guys so you can help help me describe this because it is a very old concept art. But it's basically, um, like one of the original designs that we saw of like the, the black heart was not actually a heart as much as it was like a, what is that, like a D20, basically? Or that would be a D. Mm, no, that's like a D10. Yeah, it's a D10. Um, but like, <clears throat> but it's a hollow and it's got like this black, um, center, this nebulous inside of it. And then there's branches coming out of it. And it still has the, that, that, um, That tree that that kind of architecturally tree structure around it but it's much more it looks it looks much more like a branch like like branches than what we actually saw in game so i mean it
2: looks like the nightmare tendrils from shadow keep is what it looks like
0: yes yeah for the branches and stuff yeah Mm mm-hmm but that's why I mean, like I when I when you talk about the Black Garden, like everything kind of focused in on the, the heart. Um, you know, it was the tripwire that we sent. You know, it was the you know all these different things were connected to that,
2: right? But here's here's a random thought. But what if the Black Garden? the heart is not the tree itself but the black garden is part of the tree that the tree is so large
0: no i mean that's i i could i could i would agree with like, that too yeah
2: it's just hard to know exactly what they're referring to because like you and i are both describing there's not necessarily a obvious tree within no. the black garden mm-hmm. which is frustrating yeah
0: because we i mean i will i will mm-hmm. say again if you look at the plateau like i'm trying to find a uh, clip of it, but if you look at the 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 location of the final fight, basically, like if you if you take mm-hmm. a, if you look at it when you first spawn in, and I can't get a really good screenshot, it's actually infuriating me. Um, but it, it does actually look kind of like a a stump. Um, I mean, it's not.
2: It, I, Black flag f- found a really good quote it says. This is from Aldrin. Whatever the heart of this place is, he said pacing, it's a seed, I think. A seed left behind to grow, like a note of glimmer, or the idea strikes him as a thunderbolt, or a tripwire, bait to attract those who seek out and destroy what they do not understand.
0: Cough, cough, guardian.
2: But Um, we're not trying to destroy the tree now.
0: Well, and that's the thing, is like... And like, there's the trees. There's trees inside the Dreaming City.
1: Oh,
0: <clears throat> excuse me. Let's you. Um, there's the trees inside the the Dreaming City within like the Garden of Elysia or Elysia Ecila. El- 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 um, there's mm-hmm. the trees from the visions um, that we have. There's there's trees. Um, there's like the Tree of Probabilities is one of the strikes that we have. I mean, trees mm-hmm. are not they're they're not restricted to the garden by any means um i'm just trying to see yeah i know uh chat's talking about there was uh something with one of Petra's dreams about a tree and i can't remember which Petra's,
2: one i think she's only had like one or two dreams well, but she, it was a those three a week voice cycle the three week game. cycle yeah i don't know Hard to tell with that, just as far as where that tree, what the tree actually is at this point. Yeah, we. What Eris is doing, though. I was going to say, it's
1: kind of hard to nail down exactly what qualifies as a tree of silver wings. We have no idea what the scope of these things can grow to. We don't know what forms they can take, all sorts of stuff. So it's just kind of, we, we don't have enough information to nail down what is and isn't a tree of silver wings, pretty much. But right. yeah, we, we should probably go ahead and head on to Aeris.
2: You're good, you're good. Black Flag mentions one last thing on it. Exo Stranger says that destroying the darkness at the heart will begin the Traveler's healing. Which, that's all the way back from D1, when the Exo Stranger convinces us to go destroy the heart. Aeris uh, has another connection that's pretty obvious to most of us who are currently playing the game or have played the game this season. It is Drifter. Drifter and Eris have the most hilarious relationship I have ever seen in game. Um, Eris knows Drifter's original name; she calls him Germain. Um, she also gives him grief left and right, as well as Drifter gives it right back. Blue, do you have? Have we gathered those voice lines at all? Uh, I haven't. Because that's haven't would be yet, hilarious to do.
0: Like, I. It's probably one of the few reasons I play Contact, is because just mm-hmm. listening to them shoot barbs at each other.
2: Yeah, there's also a really, like, there's a lot of really good lore pieces in those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's None there's of them come to mind at the a moment. A ton
0: but. talking about, like, especially when it was on Titan, when, it, when it's on Titan, uh, Drifter knows a lot more than I think people give him credit for with history, uh, because he talks about how Uh, titan was the one of the jewels of the golden age and people you know would go to it and blah blah blah. and then of course he turns it into drifter where he's like yeah i don't know why it's freaking cold there (laughs) he's like this is this is a jewel like what type of jewelry are you (laughs) i can't remember the exact line but it was like and then of course Eris is like well you know blah 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 blah." (laughs) then that just devolves into them bickering at each other
2: mm-hmm you know what's funny though is that Eris is the one to initiate that that partnership
0: yes, yes. uh yeah because she was the one who sought him out while mm-hmm. he was on that was um what was he that? was in the derelict yeah he was in the it's was in whispering remember, slab whispering. okay that's right
2: yeah i actually have that one the that link in our show notes as well do you want to read that one blue yeah i can Let me pull it up because this is pretty funny <clears throat> Is pretty fun, pretty, pretty funny. Pretty, pretty funny.
0: All right. So it mm-hmm. sings. It sings of sorrows that have not yet come to pass. Morn walks with slow, silent steps towards a haggard haggard drifter, shoving small bags into larger ones. Dim and exhausted moats lie scattered throughout the derelict, slowly evaporating. She retrieves a moat from the floor and shines her burning light over the cracked surface. The light struggles to leave the cracks. She lets the disintegrating moat drop and shatter into dust against the floor grates. It chimes like resonant glass. The drifter whirls around to face the noise, almost losing his footing. He lets his hand slide off his holstered truss as recognition washes over him. Ain't anybody t- ever tell you not to skulk? It's rude. Noted. Are you vacating? Road trip. How'd you get in here anyway? The airlock was open. Uh-huh. If I said I was I were here to run in your rat race, would it change your tune? Uh huh. Eris drops her shoulders and approaches the drifter. I want your help. Uh huh. His brow furrows with suspicion. Why? Didn't you save the universe yet? Drifter turns back to shoving bags and bags. It seems to be continually in peril. To be honest, I'm not sure I've helped. Eris hands him a bag. I need your knowledge. You? No. I have had some troubling experiences as of late. Yeah, it's called life. I need to know, she says and hesitates, half-hearted restraint preceding sacrilege. Tell me how to interpret the darkness. What am I, some crusty woo-woo sage? Beat it, kid. I'm packing. Do not ignore me, Eris says. Her voice is calm and piercing. We've both seen beneath the surface. Drifter drops the pack in his hand and picks a jade coin off his workbench. Asher is entrenched in his thinking, she says, and gently places a palm down on the workbench beside them. Ikora, she tries. She hears, but she doesn't understand. No one is listening. Drifter pockets the coin and turns to face her. He stares deep. Experience. Hell of a thing. He looks down the gangway of the derelict and through the gate that would take him to his hall. Favors ain't free. I do this, you owe me. Eris nods. Drifter swipes the workbench clean and pulls out a retractable seat for himself. How long you got? The two sit, they speak, they listen. Linkages formed in light and dark of traded secrets as the derelict hangs in orbit around the earth. Packs are made. Soon there is only the silence of knowing left between them. Next time you fly over the moon, dust your boots, tracking that crap all over my floors. Eris shakes her head and moves towards the airlock. Drifter yells after And call next time I could have blown those fancy eyes straight off your face I'll try to be more mindful Of your many eccentricacies In the future
2: Eris and Drifter
0: Black flag I bet she teleported in
2: (laughs) (laughs) She probably did Knowing her But There's I mean Eris knows Drifter knows a lot more than he's letting on And why does drifter know those things experience what kind of experience does drifter have a lot more than most people seem to remember I
1: mean, he's been alive since the dark ages so
2: and also someone who never chose yeah. really never chose to throw in with the light and Drifter, that's actually the... Do you remember the Drifter cutscene where everyone freaked out because they thought it was Shen mm-hmm. oh, yeah, with them the, playing cards? The
1: dredging got threatened and even getting just thrown over the side by a captain. If only mm-hmm. we knew that's how annoying Taken Captains were going to be.
2: <laughs> oh, that Taken Captain was nothing compared to the taking Captains in Gambit. That taking Captain was a peach and wasn't doing anything. He didn't even have a shield.
1: He just grabbed him and threw him.
2: Oh, no. Like, there was nothing... He approached, but then the pocket dimension portal burst and pulled him away, and replacing that was the emissary. Oh, I forgot about that. Because the emissary gets rid of the Taken Captain. And uh, that was the instance that we knew that gambit was a creation purely of drifters that the nine basically took over in a lot of ways and one of the things that the emissary says at the end of that clip is you have proven yourself worthy except the gift from the nine and that i that line has always bugged me and it was something that made me wonder like what makes him worthy of the nine's help I think it's the same thing that him and Eris have in common, the fact that they understand that light and dark aren't good and Maybe bad, more that you need one to use the others. Yeah. One of Blue's favorite cards is actually one I want to get into after the break. So let's do that real quick, and then we will dive into the Illicit Reaper Bond. <laughs>
0: Hey friends, this is Robots, the creator of the Robots Radio Podcast Network and host of the two original shows on the network, the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. These two shows have rocketed up the iTunes charts. They both together have over 155 star reviews in only a couple months with bite-sized episodes that take you step-by-step through the background of the games and the game worlds. They're thought-provoking, well-produced, and a lot of fun. I recommend you go check them out at robotsradio.net or on any podcasts, reader, podcatcher, whatever you use. iTunes, Spotify. Again, that's the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Available everywhere.
2: And Illicit Reaper Bond Blue. That We talked about this the other day whenever I brought it up. The fact that Drifter kitbashed all those ghosts on the was it the outer rim or what did they what did he call it uh, in that carpet that is or out the there outer edge when drifters out there with his yeah i don't know if they were actually fire teammates or anything but oh, yeah, he just they refers were out to there as,
0: their, as his crew
2: right the red war kicks off they lose all their light and so drifter takes care of things
0: yeah he, I don't know how would
2: you describe it?
0: yeah he basically like so they they so he they actually got trapped before the red war so they they uh he says you know his crew had been struck stuck in a prison of our own making dying over and over from the cold on a frozen rock out in the deep black, hounded every day by the indigenous life that could erase our light just by being near us uh life that we were hoping to capture to help us in battles of light versus light um and so blah blah blah, and and basically he goes on to say, just as tensions between our group reached critical mass, that's when the Red War kicked off, and they took out the Traveler. And even he says, even out in space, it cost us our light, but we didn't know that. We all felt it, blamed each other without saying a word, and so then there's the scene where basically they're all—it's the whole the good, the bad, and the ugly scene where it's the you know the group kind of all staring at each other, and then someone someone drew and um, Drifter was the one that walked away <laughs> he just he he was the one that survived, and um he went on to say that that's that's about the time that his ghost snapped, and just like his ghost just lost it pretty much um now, I think that's also probably because if you remember our ghost handling the traveler being shut down, it was not a it was not a good time for ghost. the ghost was very very in a bad bad shape so he uh he says where is it um he says the craziest thing happened my ghost snapped i think at all i think all this time my ghost was hoping i would fall in line that i just needed time to take up the mantle of the traveler my rebirth right but that had never happened it took hundreds of years but my ghost finally flipped how well our escape was all its idea if we could modify its light to replicate the energy effect of the monolith cages it might be able to contain the creatures in the same way but we would need parts ghost parts and we knew where we could get some the ghosts of my former crew all fled as soon as their charges hit the dirt so me and mine we hunted them then it came time to perform the modifications uh and he goes on he's and, and actually drifter drifter is the one that's hesitating it's ghost, like, and that, of course, this is all from Drifter's story, so you know, take it worth a grain of salt. But like, ghost is the one that tells Drifter to do it to Frankenstein it, mm-hmm. um, and so, and then he, he, so he does. He says, "So I began, sparks flying around me as I cut into its armor. If I died to the cold before I finished, it would all be lost." It spoke over the din of the work. Um, and then the last thing that my ghost ever said and he says the last lie it ever told was hey there's always hope for what it's worth I'm proud of you which is like really kind of sad um, the next morning it was forever changed but it had a brand new shell of armor reinforced by the guts of five other ghosts its eye was bright red it could no longer speak And it, here's
2: it, a point of order that I've just made a connection to that I've never connected if Drifter Frankenstein the Ghost, during the Red War, he was not right the Guardian yeah. chasing Ada One, because Ada One and Henriette happened during the Collapse, and Drifter's Ghost did not have a red eye until during the Red War.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, that's true. That's problematic. Yeah, that w- in a number of different ways.
1: That would be odd. For I, mean, them I to I make mean, that, that d- distinction nice... for Drifter and that particular ghost, and then make them not related. But it does make sense that they're not related. You yeah.
2: the thing is, that just means there's somebody running around with another ghost that has a red eye.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Or had. had well, it also, ghost. It, anyway. also
0: begs, it also begs the question of. Wh- everyone assumes that it's the Kit Bashing that did the red eye. But what if it's not?
1: What if it's more of the ghost itself snapping it's, rather than the kit right. bashing?
0: I also just love the fact that Drifters' ghost literally ate other ghosts.
2: Like, it specifically calls out the red eye as a, an alteration the next morning, though.
0: Right, 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 right. But I'm just saying if if another guardian is running. Well, I mean, I guess you could also argue that another guardian kit bashed to get. I don't know. Like that's there's there's a couple possibly interesting, there's a couple interesting. Difficulties that lie in that there, um yeah, and Asher's ghost also yeah. has a red eye. any of the Siva infected ghosts have red eyes, if I remember correctly
2: I think the only I think the thing with the red eyes though is actually the 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 line that you had just gotten up to when you stopped uh, reading the Reaper Bond is that ghosts can now tap into spectrums of light no one on Earth had yet seen. Spectrums beyond the light. Don't get me wrong. I've no, I'm no no herald of the dark. This was a bass job, but it was a renaissance for us. Gambit banks, motes of dark, and derelict. They were all innovated out of that red setting. It is a setting on the ghost. Not necessarily the kit bashing itself the fact because doesn't he talk about how the ghost has flicked back and forth yeah or is it always red
0: The blue setting is still there accessible whenever we needed it but the red setting would save our lives it and it could replicate it could replicate the energy of the cages which is interesting because he didn't touch the cages to kit bash it. he simply touched other ghosts
2: which makes me think that with Beyond Light, this is how we can actually use our ghost for stasis.
0: Yes, agreed. That's why when we were talking about stasis the other day, oh, maybe you weren't on the episode, maybe it was with Orchid. I made a comment, basically, when we when were talking about when we get stasis, I'm like, I'm curious what happens to the ghost. When, when, when we start channeling mm-hmm. stasis, what are we going to see in the ghost? Because you know, as they keep going back and forth, stasis is an element born out of darkness. Which it, So what does that mean? I
2: still
1: say... It also... Go for it, it saying It also begs the question of why if, you know, there there's a whole... We're not sure if the ghost came directly from the traveler, but if they did, why would they have, mm-hmm. even if it's a really small one, the ability to channel dark or have that red setting? That's
2: actually where I was heading, so. know,
1: it. That does lend to the idea that the Traveler didn't make the ghosts. Or they didn't come directly from the That's,
2: Traveler. yeah. I really, really want them to go the Clovis Bray route. It's, it's, I yeah, really want it them would want be to say be pretty say nutty that. to
1: find out that they made the ghosts the and the Exos and all this uh, other stuff. But...
0: I mean... When I mean, the fun thing about it being the Clovis Bray route is that literally this card right here describes Drifter Clovis Braying a Clovis Bray Project. Yeah. <laughs> also, chat has made yep. me realize that ghosts could possibly be mini Daleks, so I'm happy about that.
2: I'm not super familiar with um.
0: So Do- Daleks are Doctor Who, and it's it's basically yeah. Like they're they're like they're like the most extreme xenophobes in the entire universe basically and they just they anything that's not a dalek they need to kill okay so so Um, but at at, humans are more at the core of them uh yeah yeah pretty much except a lot more efficient um and they're also really funny looking but um but at the core of a dalek is a little like organic ball it's like it's like uh craig from teenage mutant ninja turtles you know or craig uh, uh, uh-huh. is it craig, or cra- is it craig? Crane. no craig
1: craig craig crane crane but yeah oh the, okay you're talking about those oh where they're just the robots on wheels with just a turret looking thing sticking out
0: yes them? okay <laughs> with the the mm-hmm. egg the egg beater and the the such the, the, the trash the egg can beater
2: with the and gun the, sticking out uh, of it <laughs> That's actually an old sci-fi reference that Dr. Who pulled back. Yes. To like, uh, what is, it? I don't remember the name of the original character, but it was the same idea from that old, old, old sci-fi show. But if the ghost are literally just the shell that has multiple settings because it is just literally a mechanical thing, not a quote unquote being, and has a setting for both red eye, able to filter light beyond normal light, or quote-unquote darkness or whatever, or the light spectrum that we know with solar, arc, and void, it really... I really, really want them to make it Clovis spray, And it makes me wonder if the Exos with that new cut scene that came out or the new vi- uh, trailer that came out with the fact that the Exos and the Vex are back to back and they're linking them closer together yep. makes me wonder where the technology for ghosts came from originally. If we kit bash to make Exos based off of the vex oh, well, and design that's what right.
0: chad and i are talking about right now it's like so if you if you look at exos as a kit bashed response so we basically weyland yutani our exos from the vex because remember also exos mm-hmm. were primarily designed as war machines well what are they fighting mm-hmm. the vex you know that that's kind of that they 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 took the weapons of the enemy and made it made their own enemy or made their own weapon. right um But Chat and I, Dancing and I are talking in chat about this right now, about how, you know, there's a lot of similarities between Rasputin and between the energy signatures that we see within the Traveler and the Ghost. And so, you know, like, you know, Ghost orb mode, which resembles the AI orb mode of Rasputin, is light blue, just like the energy of the Traveler on Io, so in and Dancy's like, you know, I have a strong suspicion that the traveler's energy was used by Clovis Bray to create ghosts and their memories are mainly coming from that energy. So it's like a transference of memory, which mm-hmm. would make it I know a lot of people have said this and I and I'm I'm I've kind of always had this as well in the back of my head that it would make a lot of sense because it would explain a lot of the connections that are inherently present within the Exos and the Vex, and then also the Ghost and the Traveler, because they, mm-hmm. they definitely share similar um, components. But then you also have to realize that Clovis Bray has, has their fingers in a lot of different pies, and that it wouldn't be... I mean, we, we've seen this trope in so many different sci-fis that I would be very surprised if we don't get a degree of something like that i
1: mean if they really wanted to take it like really far they could set it up where i mean since the vex are basically time traveling terminator robots they could if they really wanted to Mm -hmm. make it where clovis bray even made the vex they could say like oh clovis bray made them but when they figured out the time travel stuff they went back way before clovis bray was a thing and it's and also it could be a clovis bray from a different timeline it's a lot. Yeah my problem, that would be my an problem, interesting series of paradoxes to deal with exos from a different timeline. They made way yeah, better my war problem machines there is that in- I,
0: I still argue that they're not tra- they're not time traveling. I I don't I don't think we're we have time travel. I think we have reality jumping which is a different different way without the paradoxes. Um, the other thing Dancing is bringing up about the ghost is that this also would explain very nicely the problem that ghosts have in memory handling with Exo Guardians.
2: Mm-hmm. There's also multiple scannables on Nessus as well as I.O. tying both Exo and Vex yes. together. Yeah. Um, confluences that have very similar patterns to Exos. There's one in particular, I think it's in the Tangled on Nessus that you can scan that talks if you're an exo it has a very different line than if you were anything else well, they
1: also uh they could or it might already be a thing i'm not 100 sure but the uh okay never mind. my, my screen went blank for a second but um yeah you you cut out for okay. a moment but uh, they could set up where you know how we're talking about how the ghosts have that second red eye setting well Mm-hmm. Don't Exos have that sort of thing, too, back when they were just Exos, not Exo Guardians, necessarily? But where Clovis Bray could take over an Exo and make them be subservient?
2: Rasputin had an option to be able to utilize that. I mean, rather than being
1: a little smidgen of dark setting, it could be, you know, Exos getting to walk around and be people, and then they could flip that switch, and then they're the war machine again, sort of thing.
2: It's possible, but I think the, the big thing with here with drifter and this scene in particular is that drifter has been utilizing both light and dark much longer than a lot of people have. And there was a line that I think it was black flag brought up earlier about how, uh, it's from a contact. What was it from? Where is it at? Uh, in, in invitations week one. Only two others have transcended their design. The first, an hourglass counting down with infinite patience. The second, a forgotten blade sharpened anew. And now the Dredgen. Invitations, week one. That, Invitations was um, Invitations Mm -hmm. of the Nine. And Drifter and Eris are likely both included in that one, as well as Elsie is the other one that is possible, the Exo Stranger. Or Mara yeah or mara mara's another good option for that which ties those three together fairly well and if they are the ones that are transcending their original purpose of being outside of this dogma which is something that drifter calls out multiple times to us even in game that says um from i believe it's that same invitation Maybe not the same week, but Drifter replies, I told you not to look into the Emissary, and you did it anyway. You know how many people I killed for less? Shut up, don't answer that. I don't need the sass right now. I'm in over my head, kid. Emissary and her friends showed me what's coming, and it's what I feared all along. Put aside your dogma. The fight that's coming can't be won with light alone. Gambit's your salvation and mine. See you on the field. Which, Gambit initially... I don't think Gambit was initially meant to be that. Do you think Gambit was a way for Drifter to teach others to utilize or not be afraid of the darkness by using the darkness against another team? Do you think he had that much forethought, or was it a get-rich-quick scheme?
1: I mean, it does seem likely that more started out of him hoarding all the, I guess you'd say, dark power that is created from it or is harvested from it and then mm-hmm. maybe realized he stands a better chance if he has some people out there who kind of agree with him.
2: Yeah. It makes me wonder if Drifter initially used it as a, as a way for him to get more powerful because he doesn't use the light alone. Yes, we did have Gambit prior to the interactions with the Nine, because that whole cutscene that I talked about earlier is when the Nine give him the haul. And he talks specifically in that cutscene about Gambit. Yeah. Sorry, Blue had mentioned something in in a oh. chat with me. Yeah. I don't know if we had it as players, but Drifter had Gambit already well, fleshed out.
1: Well, Nine happened in Season of the Drifter, and we had Gambit from Forsaken, so...
2: Did we, though? Or did it come we in gambit in Prime Season of in Drifter? Season of the
1: Drifter. The uh, original gotcha. Was forsaken.
2: So the Nine add the hull to Drifter because they see him as worthy because Drifter knows how to use light and dark. So the Nine use Drifter to teach Guardians the same lesson that he's learned, which now, because of us using the Gambit Banks and understanding that, We're using it to gather darkness again. A slightly modified version of darkness in the contact events. So the contact motes are a different color. They're like that orange Mm -hmm. color, right? If the contact event is really using true darkness and what we've been gathering in Gambit has just been ascendant darkness or ascendant energy that it makes me wonder if drifter drifter didn't necessarily know that what he was doing that the nine manipulated him into preparing us for this yeah he's built everything himself he is quite the engineer
0: well and we knew knew that too because that was i mean he kit bashed a ghost i mean first off but he also also go go for
2: it were you going to mention the sundial
0: well, I was actually going to mention he, he, the crew out on the outer edge because he was kind of like one of the engineers that helped with that. Like he, he kind of built ships and like he he was a tinker, kind of like, I mean, kind of like a darker version of Amanda, basically, is the way I kind of felt.
2: He also consulted Osiris when Osiris was building the Sundial, which ties him back to Osiris fun, in such a funny way that... You, Why does if you Osiris break the deal with Drifter? Don't call
0: me.
2: Yeah, like Drifters knew about the sundial before the sundial was even utilized. <laughs> he is as much involved in the entire story as Mara is, and that is terrifying because he has no stinking clue how much he's involved in everything. He's- He's not He seems like const- the guy who
1: keeps stumbling into everybody that has something really important going on while Mara intentionally puts herself there.
2: The thing is, is like, does Drifter actually know what his role in is all of this? Or is he just the bumbling fool that just gets lucky all the time and has just that luck factor?
1: So, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, honestly. I think if he had the option, he would have never gotten involved in any of this. But now that he is, he's he kind of realizes he has to go all the way. It's all or nothing sort of situation. I mean, he needs to kind of secure his spot in this so he can know what's coming. Sort of. I mean, it's the best position for him to be since he, his whole thing as of right now is basically to just survive. And what better way to survive than be one of the main people who this whole thing depends on? You know?
2: This is true. This is true. I'm trying to think. Because the last group that we've kind of mentioned on and off is the Nine themselves in their play and all of this. And we've kind of talked about how they're using Drifter. They've had contact with Mara. But what else they have their fingers in, we don't. There's not a whole lot there, but I want to talk about them a little bit more after a quick, quick ad break.
0: Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons, inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis, boo. Well, we're gonna learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube.
2: Okay, so what the Nine have been up to. They've got Drifter doing Gambit Prime they've got they're tied directly to him and a much more physical presence than anything else because of the hall they've answered our questions question of what is the dark or what is the darkness which is the prophecy dungeon if you haven't played that I highly suggest you do so because not only is it a fun dungeon a beautiful dungeon but it is hugely hugely suggestive lore wise there's also an interaction, interaction with Orange showing up at Mara's during one of the weeks there when we were back in the Dreaming City, where we interrupt that visit slightly. Do you remember when that week happened and how the community freaked out on that? That was Ow, oh, Mara's working with the I Nine. Remember it? We're all they gonna die. Up.
0: Yeah. I don't remember. So they've which worked week it with Mara, was, but I, yeah, I do remember it.
2: Yeah, I think it was, it was somewhere like four or five.
0: with the whole fourth wall thing. Oh, yeah.
2: When, yeah, the, during the invitations of the nine yeah, fourth she, wall or which she, one? Yeah,
0: the invitations where she's like, they, he slash she, whichever uh, gender you're playing, has the ability to step outside the game, basically.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the nine have, the nine in my mind are essentially the devs in game. They are playing playing all the cards and pulling all the strings and dancing around and controlling everything from their little from their little realm. It's not necessarily a direct correlation there, but that's how I've always viewed them as kind of a mystical figure outside the Deus Ex. But so the nine have connections to Drifter, they have connections to Mara we don't know if they have connections to the Exo Stranger. Do they have connections to Eris? Uh,
0: I don't think we've seen anything clearly between them, but because their connections to the other characters, they have secondary connections. Like, they have connections to Eris through their connection to Osiris and to Mars. Like, you know, it gets into the degrees of bacon.
2: Mm-hmm. It just seems like so many people have had this interconnective web of what they're doing, whether it's Eris, Mara, Drifter, the Nine, Osiris. Those, I would say that Mara, Eris, Drifter, and Osiris are like the four big players that are physically moving about and knowing that, maybe not Drifter, knowing that he's moving about in the big plays. (laughs) Drifter is just so, I still, part of me wonders if he knows, because he's smart enough, he he actually is a quite intelligent guy, he just plays the fool, which is like, slightly more
1: scary. It's hard to tell whether he wants us to think he doesn't know what's going on, or if he just doesn't know what's going on. And he wants to keep it that way that, he wants us to not know if he knows what's going on, because Mm -hmm. it's beneficial to him, I guess.
2: Which has slightly backfired on him a few times, because he's been the one who's warned us about working with specific characters, whether it be the Nine or someone else. And because we always see him as the, the buffoon or the fool, we don't necessarily follow his decisions in that. But, I mean,
1: when did we listen to anyone who we didn't consider a fool when they tell us not to do something? I mean...
2: I mean, we don't even listen to Zavala and I don't think any of us think he's necessarily a fool. I mean outright. Osiris
1: told us not to go after Saint Fourteen either. We don't consider Osiris a fool.
2: But <laughs> Osiris did send us after but Saint it, it Fourteen. Was like, no,
1: you can't do it, but he wanted us to, I guess. But I mean, pretty much every single time we've been told no in game, we've ended up doing that thing.
2: You don't tell me what to do. Guardians, the ultimate teenagers. I can't die, then why um, would I not. Something like that. Beyond that, though, I I don't know. Is there anybody else that you guys want to talk about, connection wise? The nine are. They're the biggest thing with the nine is their discussion on what the darkness is during the prophecy dungeon, and how they use gambit to teach us to utilize the dark more and understand the dark. Like they've been slowly shaping us to use the dark more. But beyond that, I have nothing with the nine in the current standing.
1: Yeah. I don't know either.
2: (laughs) Blue.
0: Nope. I think that you did an excellent job.
2: I think I need more red tape. (laughs) You mean red string? Tape is more permanent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why you use string. It's because then when things change, you don't have to rip everything apart. Uh, it's
1: therapeutic at that how, point okay, just to rip so, everything apart, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's how life feels at this point. Is just ripped it right off. Just pull the hair out with the skin a little bit. Um, but point of order on just how these stories have interlocked together I remember doing an episode with you, Blue, on the Resolazir stories Uh and how the delivery of that specifically was just over a long period of time. And we got pieces of the story that didn't line up timeline wise. Like it wasn't one one came after the other. We had to piece them together. A lot of this feels very similar, Mm -hmm. especially within Drifter story, because information about Drifter And the ghost kit bashing came out back during when Gambit Prime became a thing with Season of the Drifter. Um, the, The information that we have more nowadays, now what we know with Contact Event and everything going on with us getting more connected to the darkness, it really helps flesh out what those cards actually mean and how... Words like the fact that the ghost has a setting means a lot more now that we know that we're going to be utilizing stasis. And how we were asking how can our ghost process it, that may be the answer right there. So it's interesting how they have piecemealed the story together to where we're getting a clearer picture. And I don't know if it was on purpose to be that way or if it was something that they were putting together as they went and try to figure out how to make it fit together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: My, my string wall is got, it looks nothing like what Bungie's probably does because they have connected so many of these characters together in very weird ways that I, I know they have a Bible. They have a lore Bible. Oh, yeah. I want to see that lore Bible.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think that, That's I I think that at this point, as with a lot of different things, I feel like I've said this about a lot of different, not just destiny, but like, you know, whether or not I'll just say this, whether or not it was intentionally, you know, or stumbled upon. It's still the story as we know it. And the end product is Mm -hmm. what we should analyze and focus on. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I know that's where the death of the author is what that's commonly referred to as um it kind of puts aside the the real a good a good example taking out of destiny is harry potter i don't have to agree with what the author says because that person's trash i can enjoy the product because it's you know what is said is in the book it's you know and so you you can always have you know a lot of people come back and be like well the author says this it doesn't matter what was in the what was in the text what was in the the book or the story or whatever what was actually published says X Y and Z it, it, any mm-hmm. any information extraneous to that can help flavor our decisions and help flavor our interpretation sure but that's not as canonically empowering as you know the actual story um, and so that's what it, like with the with the Resil-Zier, that's what made that so enjoyable was that the canonical development of that story was very close to our own discovery of information within reality and it was just it felt like we were actually learning more and i know john when we talked to john about it he you know his his explanation was like it's like you know uncovering the pyramids and you know you 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 you're like okay i got ever i got it we got it we've figured it out and then some idiot trips and falls through a wall and opens an entirely new chamber and they're like Ah crap. Like what what is this? Like what is this nonsense that changes everything? Right. And that was I mean right. and that was experientially that was what that story was. And that's kind of what you see, I think what you're kind of alluding to here. That's where we kind of see that here. And I, I love that sense of like, okay, get comfortable with what you're you you know, but just like in reality, it can change in the blink of an eye. So you have to be okay with that. Like that that kind of that right. chaos, I guess
2: it's all about context right like we had the wrong context with the initial card like we did not know what the illicit reaper what was it the bond i can't remember which one it was i'd have to look through the show notes again but the the, the illicit reaper
0: the one that we read was it the mark yeah it's I think yeah it's the, the one mark, that we read because it's got the titan butt
2: right that was the whole hold fast mark um but oh, yeah, the, sorry. same difference the illicit reaper card that we had read through where it talks about drifters experience with the ghost and everything. The context for that was so remote. It was such a small part of the story. And now that we have more of the story fleshed out, the context has changed because of what we have experienced as players. It was the bond. Thank you. Um, Because of the context changing. Same thing with the Resilazir story. The context within the Resilazir story continued to change as the cards came out. Yes,
0: very much so. Because
2: of that. And so we were able to understand a little bit more of the... not necessarily emotional tie-in, but the empathetic tie-ins that are going on within the cards. And we can understand the... If you understand a little bit of the empathy and be able to be empathetic with the person, your understanding of that person goes up, which allows you to make inferences. Because we have more context now, we can understand those inferences a little bit more clearly and not just have it be a random part of the story that we're getting for no reason and understand that it is part of the bigger story that's the that's the fun thing that I'm enjoying is that something that was so random is now actually being used in a much bigger bigger way than I could ever imagined it would have been but I think we should actually wrap up for this episode as well you guys have let me ramble enough and I need a glass of hot tea before I go to bed because my throat is tired.
0: Yes. We should wrap up. Sorry, I was asked Shout I was outs? asked I was asked a question in chat and I was trying to find the answer. Um so shout out focused guys yeah
2: very focused I was,
0: I was trying to figure out something uh shout outs uh, I'll just repeat my shout outs you know like Green huge huge thank you and a big shout out to, to the immense amount of work that went into really breaking down the parts of this episode that has turned into an analysis of the Drifter's character and how he is Matt Cawthon from the Wheel of Time um just just huge huge shout out to those. Drifty
2: Boy is more important than you think guys
0: yep
1: um, and then and also, why
2: you should have picked him during the Vanguard thing?
1: If I knew I was going to be called snitch for the no. next two years, I might have made a different yeah. decision. <laughs> yeah, you because know, you, you pick you pick uh, Drifter. I made, I made the and decision. The Vanguard I doesn't care at all. You know they're like they're kind of like oh you pick Drifter we ain't, eh you know, but if you pick Vanguard you know Drifter will still hang <laughs> out like, with you but he won't no. let you forget it. <laughs> He's like
2: oh I no he won't
0: remember you.
2: <laughs> also. If the episode that I know that was recorded on Spinfoil Theory is legit, like, you know, Spinfoil Theory, they come up with the crazy ideas. Their latest episode they recorded was on the idea that a character that shows up to Spider, I think it's Wailers.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Something Wailer. The Warlock?
2: Uh huh. The oh, warlock that armor? shows up to Spider. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, no. So that she isn't looking for armor. The basically, it's it's like a throwdown where Spider is the mob boss. It's like I can clean away all this kind of thing. Oh, um, all okay. you th- no one will nev- no one will know what happened. They're claiming Spinfoil Theory podcast. If you guys haven't checked out Taylor B and Waffle, uh, not waffles, Bagels. is it waffles? Bagels. Ah it's bagels, a, thank you. A, it's a breakfast. I knew food. it was a food. Yeah, it's
0: a, breakfast it's a food.
2: food. Um Bagels and Taylor B and Wicked broke down a the idea of is it Honor in that card who got her fire team killed but didn't want anybody to know oh. about it.
1: That's it, there's, I kinda hope not because I kinda like it's, Honor it's, but
2: it's out there.
0: Yeah, it's out there. They I would. I would. You know, I would. I could see a connection more being with like Sola.
2: Yeah, I. I argued that they're not necessarily, but we were talking about the Vanguard. The Vanguard uh, choice, whether or not picking Drifter was a good idea or not, and if Honors actually kind of a bad guy in disguise, makes me a little happy because I picked Drifter because Drifty Boy is at least he may not be the brightest. But I know where he stands.
1: You can trust you know, the fact that you can't too. trust him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Can't be betrayed by someone you never trusted.
0: So, anyways, shout out also to the Mars Quest. Uh, that was a really cool thing. Thank yeah. you, dancing, for remembering for reminding us of that. That was an amazing, amazing quest. Um,
2: very short, I but very small very, bone, very much. One bone, though. Worth it. One bone. Yep. This guy must have hated hunters.
0: The anti-snake. The (laughs) anti-snakes. I nearly messaged you when I saw that because I was like, "Ah,
1: I didn't make that connection at first. (laughs) I think it's funny that it's not like one class was great. No, it's just specifically.
2: (laughs) I hate hunters. It may not have actually been that. It It may have been. I hate snakes.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, Justin doesn't like snakes, and he's a hunter, so. Five.
2: Yeah, but Green. Justin's weird.
0: That's also very true. <laughs> Green, what about you? What about shoutouts for you?
2: Um, my shoutout goes. My shoutout goes to actually Critical Role. Um, many of you who follow me on Twitter have known that I've kind of dove back into the critter world and that's something that they have started up very recently as of yesterday from the time that we recorded which is 9:25 is today or 9 no yeah 9:25 is today um they started up a foundation where the critical role foundation they're picking charities that they believe in and the first charity that they are working with is a charity to help uh natives native people indigenous people throughout the U.S. and a little bit abroad with the effects of COVID because a lot of their financial support has been cut off recently. So my shout out goes to them for not only just being awesomely funny people that are also great storytellers. There was a major cliffhanger last night that I watched three times today because holy moly but um they're also very good people who have done multiple charities throughout the years that are not only related to creative writing but also just being kind to people. Their old premises: leave the world a little better than you came in, kind of thing. Leave the world a better place. So, shout outs to them and that foundation. You can find them at CritRoll dot com. Saint, do you have any shout um, outs?
1: Actually, was uh, going to say. Uh so, about a month and a half ago, I'd say, or a little longer, uh, mm-hmm. my only computer decided it did not want to be a computer anymore, and just quit. It, it blue screened, and I couldn't figure out what to do. So, I wanted to shout out to uh, GMD Geek and Unforsaken Jay. They're both streamers, and on Twitter, and they have their own podcast called, like, Press What to Join, I believe, and their mm-hmm. group, between them two mainly helped me out a ton figuring out how to fix it they helped me fix it and then they also took me through my first raids and where i got anarchy so that's awesome shout out to them for that that was pretty
2: cool nice
0: well as we have has has come to be the custom i want to thank you for your time and until next time remember with wisdom we conquer stand strong stand tall and keep exploring Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.
2: You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.